Spoken Guns Podcast. You're with us. We're there. And now you can see us. Look at that. That's how that all works. Spoken Guns Podcast. This is a podcast that deals with professional football in San Antonio. That's all inclusive. It includes the San Antonio Brahmins of the XFL. It includes yep. the San Antonio Gunslingers of the National Arena League, the 3-0. Uh, yeah. League-leading San Antonio Gunslingers of the National Arena League. Uh, we cover both. We cover it all. And we're going to be with you for the next couple of hours talking about football. We're going to talk about the XFL. Championship is set. Everything's ready. We're going to talk about the NAL. We did not play a game this week. The Gunslingers didn't, but it doesn't matter because we gained a, uh, a game on everybody that we would be worried about. <laughs> Jacksonville lost. Albany lost. Albany's got all kinds of stuff going on behind the scenes. If you don't know, if you haven't heard, we will try to make some sort of sense out of Albany, but I don't even know that we're going to be able to. We're going to have a guest uh-huh. come on. And help us try to make some sense out of what's going on around Albany right now. If you don't know, wow, it's a yeah. big thing. It's a big deal. And it all revolves around one guy named Antonio Brown. Uh, yeah, that one. <laughs> that one that you just thought of. A.B. In any case, uh, I am Philip Higginbotham. I'm one of the hosts of the show. I'm joined, as always, by my good friends. My brother and sister in podcasting, Leo Yamas. What's up, Smoking Guns Posse? And R.C. Woods. Hello, beautiful people. And we're just here to talk football with you. If you are joining us live, jump into the comments section of Facebook or YouTube and shout at us. If you're on Twitter and you want to be able to shout at us, don't do it on Twitter. It won't work. Uh, swing oh, on no. over, swing on over to Facebook or to YouTube and yell at us there, um, or talk to us. You don't always have to yell at us. Some of you love to yell at us, and that's fine. So the Brahma season is done. We knew that last week. We we've 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 shed our tears. Mm-hmm. We've wiped our eyes. We've cleaned still waiting our... to wake up. Uh, wake me we up. Put our horns away. It's not over. It's all a dream. Put it all away. Well, we didn't put it all away because some of you, uh, some of our good friends, including Leo and Dolores, uh, had to grab all of the Brahma's gear and pull it out on uh, Saturday night because they got invited. A group of fans, including Leo and, and Dolores, got invited to march in the Fiesta Flambeau Parade in downtown San Antonio as part of the San Antonio Brahma's organization. Uh, Leo, how was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what an experience, man. What a great time. I can't wait till next year. Okay, you want me to be honest? <laughs> yeah, be honest. Okay. Yeah, we do. Uh, this is a Leo thing. This isn't a Brahma's thing. This isn't a anybody else thing. This is a Leo thing. I don't like parades. I never like parades. I, I can't stand all the stuff around it, I can't stand the closed streets, the trouble getting in and out, the ridiculously expensive parking, the huge crowds, just the, all the logistics of it. It's a nightmare unless you like that being around a bunch of people and getting drunk and yelling and screaming and, 
and and doing all that and and that which in San is Antonio worth is a big you. deal. So. It is. It I is. It. That that's that's it. not my thing, but it is certainly is for a lot of other people. And and you know they can have fun doing that. And you have to be willing to go through all the other crap uh, to enjoy that that moment, however long that moment may be. It could be you know mm-hmm. a couple hours. It could be several hours. But not my thing. So. I, but I was certainly wasn't going to turn down an invitation by the San Antonio Brahmas when I when I got that invitation. Right. I I, I was like, not. oh crap. We want we identify <laughs> you as one of our fa- some of our favorite fans, and you know they could have had hundreds of people on yeah. the street. They didn't do that. They had to limit the number somewhere. So yeah, they certainly didn't call me because uh, they don't want this ugly mug being like, oh, that's a guy that that likes the Brahmas. Um, he's one of their favorite fans. They don't want that. Uh, so they didn't call me, but they did call you and they called, uh, set you and Dolores up. Um, but you had a terrible time and it was the worst thing ever because (laughs) parades are awful. Is that what I'm hearing? No, no, it was not a terrible time. It was just an extremely long wait. The, the entire parade was way behind schedule, not the Brahma's fault. No. Um, the estimation was that we were going to be out there and, and on the streets and waving at people by around 745 ish. We were towards the back end of the parade was sure. it was supposed to start at seven. I, by all indications, I think it started at seven. I don't think there was a delay there. It was just the delay of getting everybody going and getting getting it, getting all the countless uh, floats and groups and bands of people, you know, sure. to, to out there. We finally ended up getting out there. Guess what time? Uh, I know. So I'm okay, nine forty-five ish. A little yeah. after that. Wow. A little after that. So it was nearly ten o'clock when we were expecting to be out there by seven forty-ish. We were told seven forty-five, and they said it could take about two and a half hours. So I'm thinking, okay, that's cool. We'll we'll go out. We'll do this. We'll have a good time. We'll yell and scream, wave at all the people. We're not going to eat or drink anything because, you know, bathrooms are limited and we don't want to have to, uh, you know, cross our legs or hop around, you know, during the during the parade until we can get to to someplace. Um, So we were starving. But the idea is like we'll go get some food, get a bite to eat afterwards, you know, enjoy ourselves. But by the time we got out of there, everything was closed. I mean, we got home one a little after one thirty in the morning. but the and unfortunately, as we came through, you know, a, a lot of the fans, uh, a lot of the fiesta goers, there were still quite a bit there. But uh, the numbers had dissipated by the time we were sure. coming through. So it was a little it was a little unfortunate in that sense, but nothing anybody could do about that. I mean, that's just the timing and, and how huge an event like this mm-hmm. is. And right. you have those kind of setbacks all the time. And it's one of the reasons why I personally you know, have never like been it. a big, a, never been, never been a big parade goer, but it was fun seeing all the fans waving. You see Viva Texas in here. Uh, yeah. It's just, he, he says here on the Facebook feed, he had to jump into the crowds to get them going again. You know, right. he was waving his flag. You had, you had Steve-O uh, with the, the BWL, BWO belt going around right. and, and let, letting fans are taking pictures with them and letting fans hold it. Uh, you had uh, Captain Brahma going out into the stands as well. 
like literally laying back into some groups of people and taking oh, pictures wow. with them, selfies. And he had a dog licking his face. He comes oh, over and the dog was kissing me. I mean, the 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 fans, uh, they had Vanessa and Brahma Babe and and uh, uh, Jay, um, a lot of a lot of people there. Uh, Warren, uh, I know I'm going to miss uh, several several names, but there was there was a lot of people that were invited by the team that have played, you know, significant roles throughout the, throughout the, this first season and we're, we're there and representing and yelling at the, at the fans and, and waving flags and, and horns forward. And it was a good time. And the fans that, that were the people that were there, the Fiesta goers, uh, they seemed to really um, take to what, what we were, what we were doing and, and, and get loud, uh, particularly for coach Ward, lots of people. Sure. I'm, I've never seen on parades, like I said, I don't go to parades a lot, but people were running out to the floats to take selfies with him, to shake his hand, to tell him how much they love him and appreciate him. Some were calling tell him, and next year, Coach, and of course you have the Steeler Nation people coming out. I love right. you, Steeler Nation. And Coach was very, very gracious to every last one of them. I don't think you're supposed to be ringing up to floats and doing that kind of thing, but Coach wasn't standoffish. Coach wasn't you know, Hey, you know, back off uh, coach would reach down, shake the hand of every single one pose for selfies. I saw him sign an autograph for a kid who ran up there and handed something to him and then run alongside of the float. Um, again, Bo all this kind of stuff, I don't think is really supposed to happen, but right. coach coach went with it. I mean, he, he was definitely there to please all, all of his fans and all of the, the people of San Antonio. Mo on Facebook is asking, was he dancing with Mateo? Did he, did he she see that right? He was, yes. Now, Mateo wasn't on the float. That was pre-parade when we were standing out in that parking lot at SAC for several hours, several hours. <laughs> and and uh, he was out interacting with lots of people there as well. Um, some big fans of, of Coach Ward, uh, military guys coming over and just gushing over him. And he was just uh, as cordial and responsive as ever uh, coach. I can't say enough and give enough compliments for coach Ward. What a great guy he is. For sure. Uh, Iris Ferrante checking in on Facebook and says, Lolise looked awesome in her parade outfit. She did. To Very be adorable. fair. Uh, it's easy it's for Lolise to look good in most yeah. outfits. I mean, that's just kind of who she is. Well, you mentioned uh, earlier they didn't want your ugly mug. That's why you didn't get invited. Well, that certainly wasn't a reason why I was invited either. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they, they probably just wanted to invite Lolis, but uh, they said, well, if we invite her, we kind of have to invite the other have guy. To invite, uh, we gotta Leo. Get, gotta have him too. So. And Leo got VIP seating, we heard. No, nah, we won't. <laughs> no, uh, I yeah. Did. That was all because of Lolis and uh, taking care of me behind my back, I might add. And I was Ooh, a little embarrassed right. about it um, where I, I was not originally intended to ride on the float. Uh, but after standing there for that long and, uh, you know, I'm a bigger guy. But on, on top of that, I do suffer from gout and my joints, especially my ankles and my knees are very bad. But I was going to stick it out anyways. I was going to make that attempt to walk those three miles. And I told myself, if I get to a point where I just can't do it anymore, I'm just going to quietly sneak off to the side and like, right. you know, find a place and, and call for a ride or something. I was going to make a go of it as long as I could. Lolis was concerned, you know, she's such a, a sweet, 
loving. That's what they that do. Is. That's what the wives do. Yeah, and she she went and 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 talked to uh, the Brahmas representatives that were running the the float, unbeknownst to me. And then she says, uh, "Hey, come over here. Take a breather. You've been standing up a long time. Just sit here on this float. Sit sit right here on the float because we're still waiting." So I sat down, and then she says. Okay, now don't get your butt up again, and you stay on there the entire this entire time. And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "You're gonna sit right there." And I'm like, "No, I'm not. I got to get up and walk." She's like, "No, you're not walking. I already talked to. I've got it. I've got it taken care of. You're not walking. I'm not having you go through that. I know you're not gonna make it. I can make it. No, you're not." But Lolis was probably right. I probably I'm glad I'm, after going through that. I I don't think I would have made it, but she's glad she took of care of you. Actually, would you let us know earlier in the week that? Uh, you were going to be in the parade. My first thought was that's going to be a lot like that's going to be, that's going to be tough. Um, because I know you and I know, um, uh, that, uh, that can be an issue. So I was like, man, he's going to really have to gut that out. And it, it, it made sense. Like why you don't like parades. Parades <laughs> are a lot of standing parades are a lot of walking. Um, even if you're not in them, even if you just go to a parade, there's a lot of walking and standing. Uh, involved in just yeah. watching a parade. Speaking of watching a parade, uh, RC, you got VIP seating I for did. the Fiesta Flambeau Parade, didn't you? Yes. So, you know, I'm very good friends with Patricia Jimenez, and she was able to get my Shamrock. Name dropper. Class 87, <laughs> right? Um, some VIP tickets. And so that included two tacos, drinks, and it said personalized restrooms. Which really means porta poppy porta potties that are just for like the hundred couple hundred people that were there. So I guess that's private in a way. Yeah, um, private, not personalized. Yeah, not <laughs> RC over the door. This is no, more. no, no, it didn't have one. no RC. No, um, and so I was pleasantly surprised to see some Brahma fans. So the first person I saw was Monica Graham, and she had a custom made Brahma dress. I don't know if y'all saw that on Facebook. I didn't go check out Monica. I did. Dress. It looked great. It yes. Gorgeous. It was um, yellow and it had some black lace. And on the corner, it had the Brahma logo. So we took a couple of pictures there. And then I saw two fans that had um, Steelers shirts on. So of course, I went up to them and they're like, yeah, we're so excited. We're gonna, you know, They were super excited about seeing the float. So I know there was definitely a Brahma presence there. Um, and so after we socialized, and then some other friends of mine from the Shamrock. I don't know if y'all saw us on, on KSAT Live. We, I was on TV. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was the one throwing the confetti. And so my friend Anna Laura was saying, hi, we're the class. Yeah, there was nobody class. else at the whole parade doing that. You were the, you nobody. Were the one doing that. Not. Nobody else at <laughs> the whole parade did that. Of course, they also showed the ladies with the big hats, you know, with their necks probably mm-hmm. sore today. But uh, so we were super excited. The benches were, uh, the bleachers were comfortable. Um, until the UT Longhorns came by. That bleacher was rocking so bad, I thought it was going to collapse. I mean, I was literally bouncing up and down. That's how much they were cheering. And I think that's what really caused the, the delay because we're right, uh, KSAT 12 VIP. So the bands, the cheerleaders, whoever was, would stop, get prepared, and then they would perform in front of us. Mm, so sure. that was that was the UT band. That was a lot of the cheerleaders, a lot of the floats. And I saw Santa. Did y'all see Santa with snow? No. Well, he was in the parade. So Mm-mm. everybody was like, Santa. I had not expected Santa to appear in the Flambeau parade, but he was. 
Um, so I, I mean, that's what the delay was because I'd see we'd see them on the corner and they're waiting because also the commercials. So if there was a commercial, the the parade stopped, complete stop, and then once it's airtime, then they would do a signal and then they would start the parade. So I I felt bad for a lot of the people, including y'all, um, because that was a very very long parade. Yeah, it was great people involved, uh, Jason and. Jorge and uh, Warren, uh, all of our friends. And that Jackie. is the most exciting back. Ja- Jackie, that was the uh-huh. most exciting spot thing about all of this is, look, the season didn't go the way we wanted to as far as wins and losses. The season didn't go the way we wanted to as far as attendance numbers, although we can look at the schedule and go, look, the XFL really didn't help us out with attendance numbers. True. Uh, we We can talk about all of that. But in the end... We have a community. We have the foundation of a community built around the Brahmas, and we know that season two is coming. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing. We have this foundation. Mm-hmm. We have uh, at least two podcasts that cover the Brahmas. They, we have us uh, that covers the Brahmas and, and Gunslingers. You have Horns Forward and the Brahma Hot, no, the uh, Brahma Bullpen. Yep. Uh, so mm-hmm. three different podcasts all covering and talking about the Brahmas. And that's always good. Right. Um, you know, more people talking about the Brahmas for that matter, more people talking about the gunslingers. And we'll get to that in the second hour. Um, mm-hmm. That's good things because pro football in San Antonio is what we love. And we want yes. more people talking about it and dealing with it. So uh, we got that base set mm-hmm. up this year. Did we, did we hit the AAF? Uh, you know, 24,000 people in the dome week after week. No, but that didn't last. Um, right. right, right. And this is this is this is being built properly. Isn't We've it? got a good solid base, a fan base, and we're going to build foundation. on top of that year after year. It's funny you say that because uh, Steve-O, uh, Steven Canto, you know, super fan who was there yeah. for the for the parade, he he asked me that very question. Um, while we were sitting there, we had lots of time to talk about a, a bunch of different things. And he said, sure. So what was your take on this first season compared to the AF, like well, compared to the commanders? What was your take on, on, on this Brahma's thing and how do you feel about it? And I we said, you know, the season. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said. I was like, well, first of all, we completed a season and it's great because we even are ver- very certain we've been assured and have no reason to believe that we're not going to get a second season. Um, right. And and things, you know, all indications are we're, we're full steam ahead. And so that's great. That's awesome. Now, honestly, we I don't think we ever reached that same level, the, the peak that we reached during the Commanders, to be fair. Uh, that level of excitement, the level of fans of the Alamo Dome. I was like, now, yes, that was a little disappointing in one sense, but as you say, we're kind of building this thing. It's understandable. It's going to take some time, especially with some people having, you know, still feeling the sting when they committed to the commanders and, right. and wanting to see, well, let, let's see how this goes for one season. And then maybe season two, you know, I'll, I'll be willing to fork out my cash and, and be a little bit more committed, but it's uh, you know, we didn't quite get there, but the people that were there were all out 100%. Right. And there's no reason that this thing isn't going to just snowball and 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 grow uh, for season two. And we're going to have a season two, first right. and foremost. So it's just, it's awesome. 
I mean, they're already selling season tickets. Uh, you know, the championship is coming up in two weeks here in San Antonio. Um, lots of good things. And and look, I enjoyed the Commanders. I mm-hmm. certainly liked having a winning team. Uh, who doesn't? There's nobody that's like, man, I'd sure like to miss the playoffs by a game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nobody feels that way. But like that in, much. The, in the end, uh, I would much rather have a a a league that is built for multiple seasons than a team that's really good for eight games and then mm-hmm. disappears and leaves me heartbroken like the last thing. Overnight. So, yeah. uh, so we don't have that this time. We have something much more sustainable. I'm very happy um, that we, uh, you know, I'd love to be in the playoffs. And we're going to talk about the playoffs here in a minute. And man, if we were in the playoffs, we might be in the championship. Uh, because Arlington was able to beat Houston, and if Arlington can do it, geez, we could have done it. Um, should have done. So, should have been us, man. Should have been the Brahmas. Yeah. Well, and and let's talk about. Uh, so that was the parade. You guys had a great time, even though it was a parade. Um, you enjoyed yourself. <laughs> you got to spend some time with lots of Brahmas fans, or lots of great Brahmas fans. And you got the word out to even more. I guarantee there were people lined up on the side of that parade that go, what is this? What is mm-hmm. the San Antonio Brahmas? And they yeah. whip out their smartphone and they start looking it up and going, oh, had no idea that we had an XFL team uh, this year and that it'll be coming back next February. So good things all the way around. Mm-hmm. So in the XFL... The playoffs, the two championship games were this weekend. Uh, One went the way I think we all kind of expected. Uh, D.C. beating Seattle. I I understand people thought Seattle had the hot hand and Ben DiNucci and all of these things. But really, when you looked at the season as a whole, D.C. was going to win that game. Like, D.C. was going to be the stronger team. But in Saturday night's game, as you guys were waiting in line in the parade... Uh, something really weird happened. Arlington learned how to play football. Yeah. Uh, uh, Perez had a great game. He did? All, all of a sudden, they, it, it things just seemed to click for them, I guess, because as I understand it, I wasn't watching it. I was standing in a parking lot. <laughs> but from what I understand, it, and, and just following the score as we wore, we were all there following the score, following the game on, on the phones. And it, it seemed like Arlington kind of had their way from the very beginning. Yes. Yeah, I watched the first half of the game, and then I switched over to uh, the NAL game to see what was going on there and ended up chatting with some guys through that whole game. So I never – I mean, I kept track of the score, expecting Houston to, like, come alive, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, expecting Houston to go, wait, Arlington can't beat us, and to go and 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 turn on the Jets. But, man, it's Wade Phillips. Like, Wade Phillips does this kind of stuff. I can remember the Dallas Cowboys, my team, mm-hmm. going 13-3 and with Wade Phillips. It was one of Tony Romo's best years. And you just go, we got a first-round bye in the playoffs. Everything is coming up Cowboys. And we go into the first game – of the playoffs against the New York Giants and just spit the bit and lose. I I was I was physically sick after that game. And oh this is just God. something that oh yeah. 
Oh, I was mad. God, I was mad. 13 and three, a whole season. Um, I felt very much like Boston Bruins fans feel right now. Like we were one of the better teams in the league that year. And we went into this playoff game that we should have just easily won against the Giants, a team we had beat, I think, twice already that season. And we just spit the bit and lost. Now, the Giants would go on to win the Super Bowl that year against uh, New England, I believe. But it just, yeah, it's Wade Phillips. Like, this is what Wade Phillips does. It does seem to be a pattern. Uh, you know, I had my share of Wade Phillips as a Broncos fan. And um, it it seems like there there's a late season collapse on Wade Phillips' teams when he's a head coach. Now, as a defensive coordinator, he's strong. Like he's always yes, been, he's very, always been a very, very strong defensive coordinator, but as a head coach, it just seems for some reason, there's always that second half or late season collapse. Um, and it happened yet again. <laughs> so we've got Arlington and DC coming to the Alamo city. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we, we, they are what it is. What it is, you got to pick one of them. Um, Arlington or DC. Viva Texas is leaving no ambiguity about whether he's going to support Texas. Now, let me think. He's going to support. Who would he choose? DC. He says booze and constant waves when Arlington's on offense. He is all about uh, taking down Arlington with DC. Uh, I I can't imagine that DC isn't going to win this game. Like I just can't. Yeah. Right. So. so- if you're asking me who I'm picking, it's 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 DC. If you're asking me who I'm rooting for, it's still DC. <laughs> I mean, I I want I had said you got to root for your the Southern Division, right? I I was assuming right. Houston was going to win that, and I would have been rooting for Houston, uh, the Roughnecks and and Wade Phillips to get that you know that monkey off his back, uh, but. Uh, I I share I don't share the animosity towards the city itself and the metroplex and the people of it like Viva Texas does, but I, I share a little a little animosity towards the Arlington re- uh, Renegades simply because I I have that it should have been us man it should have been the Brahmas yeah. there not the Renegades you know if we would have just beaten them at home like we should have it would have been totally different. Um, yeah, they're going to Viva Texas. He's not rooting for DC to win. He's just rooting for Arlington to lose, which yeah. means DC will he win. He just wants to make it clear. <laughs> I'm not rooting for DC to win, just Arlington to lose. Right. <laughs> I um, hear you. I, I feel that. If there was some way to get to get the Brahmas in there. But, yeah, it's just uh, I, I could stomach Houston. Um, I can't stomach Arlington because I feel 100% the Brahmas War and are a better team than the Arlington Renegades, uh, so I can't root for them. I, I, I you know, Houston. Which, it's you could argue, you could make an argument either way. Arlington, there's I, no way they're better than us. I stand by this, and unfortunately, I'm going to have to probably eat some crow tomorrow on the X Fan Show because I was very vocal last week that Arlington didn't belong anywhere in the playoffs. The way this all should have worked, and I realize it was the rules since the beginning, and it's the way it is, but they got to fix this. The two division winners deserve spots in the playoffs and deserve to host the home games. But the next two slots do not need to go to the second-place teams in divisions. They need to be wild-card spots that belong to the best 
records, period. Uh, so so Arlington shouldn't even have been in there. You have a 7-3 and three team right. in St. Louis. Yep. That played in a better division than Arlington, right. and they went 7-3. and three. They did not even get an opportunity to play in the playoffs while Arlington at four and six gets a chance to compete for the championship of your league. That's not right. That doesn't make sense. I don't care how many times uh, Dirty and Arlington and those guys over at the X-Fan Network go, that's the way it is. That's perfect. It's not perfect. Perfect is the teams that earn their way in get in. And, and this wasn't the right system. There's a better way to set up this system. Uh, now let me ask you. Well, I was just gonna say. So, out of all the whole season, and see if I'm correct on this, are these the only two teams that did not meet up before this game that's gonna happen? No, no, they played. They played to and, overtime. They, no, they've played each other. Yes. Okay. DC and Arlington played to overtime. Yeah. They were one of the three overtime games this year. Okay. Well, I just, I, I'm disappointed. Um, I know a lot of people are disappointed because it doesn't match up. It doesn't balance. How do you get DC that had such a great record and then you have the Renegades? It just doesn't match up. And I know we're not the only I mean, ones look, that are upset. Cinderella story, it happens in Sometimes sports. that happens. Yeah. I, I'm okay with that side of things. Like, the rules were in place. By the rules, Arlington got in. If they win two games in the playoffs, the Southern Division Championship, which they won, and they right. win the championship, they get to hold up the trophy. That's fair. Like, that's the rules. Mm -hmm. And that's fair. I'm saying next year, as we look at next year, we need to go, man, uh, there should not be a system where a 7-3 and three team in St. Louis has to sit on the outside looking in while a 4-6 and six team that won nothing. It's not like they won the division with a 4-6 and six record. Then you won the division. You get to go in the playoffs. That's how it works. Yeah. But this is, a, in essence, a wild card team that was just given to them because they happen to be second in a bad division. And that's not right. That's just not the right way to do it. There's a better way to do it. And, and uh, I hope they fix it for next year, but I'm uh, I get shouted down every time I go anywhere near the X fan show. And they start talking about this because no, that's it's perfect. It's perfect. The way it is I'm bull. It's not. Because a team that deserved an opportunity didn't get one, and a team that didn't deserve an opportunity right. is now going to play for the championship. Well, but they you can't say they didn't have an opportunity. St. Louis had an opportunity to beat Seattle. No, they had a chance, to, to no, they had a chance sure. Yeah, but I, I, will, I agree with that thinking of uh, divisions don't matter. Take the top four teams with the, the best records in a, small, in a small league like this where it's, it's right. you know, only eight teams. But as you add teams, as you start to expand, then I think divisions are separate and you take you take the best representatives from each division. They have a playoff and then you take the champion from the one division in the other or one conference in the other, which, you know, depending on your, your situation and they play each other for the championship. I, 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 you see that structure before and, and it makes sense. And so I don't, I don't uh, necessarily uh, think that it's, it's wrong. But I can understand why another team like, you know, because Arlington struggled and, and was four and six or, uh, you know, getting in over over uh, over the Battlehawks. I, I get that. And in a, in a small league like this with only eight teams, I could see it. But I'm, I'm not going to question the, the two teams from each division competing for each other against each other for a division championship. I mean, you have to have a division champion 
and then they play each other for the league championship. Yeah. So, so I know we've mentioned uh, eight. Do you think, or what do you think the possibility of expansion is going to be? And what city? Uh, we're not. Ta- no, I'm not. I'm not even going to entertain that conversation. <laughs> we're not. Not at all. We're just, no. We're not talking about expansion okay. yet. We need we need three, at least three, and I would say more like okay. five. We need at least okay. three seasons before we start adding anybody into this mix. Or the other thing people talk about all the time is we need to move some of these teams around. Vegas needs to be moved to San Diego. Look, I think Vegas should have been in San Diego. I'm 100% right. on board with the fact that they never should have put a franchise in Vegas. They should have put one in San Diego. That being said, you got to leave everything where it is for at least three years. We okay. need consistency to gather fans. And if you're moving things around and playing some sort of shell game with teams all the time, you're not going to look like a serious league. So what you have now, the eight teams you have now should be the eight teams you have three years from now. Same place, same number of teams. Uh, you can play with your playoff structure. I think you should, uh, but but – where teams are and what, I mean, they're not even playing. uh, They didn't even have this season set up the way it should have been set up because these teams weren't in their home cities. They were in this hub and then they would fly out to the home cities. That's got to get fixed before you start expanding or moving teams. It's a Um, process. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know that that necessarily 100% eliminates the possibility of expansion within the first three years, but I agree with you that it's not a good idea. And do you think Vegas will stay in the same field or get a different field by next season? Oh, they're they're signed. They've signed a contract with their. They're in there for hmm. at, at least a couple of years. I, I don't remember it was a two or a three year agreement, but they're going to be there next season. Okay. Uh, I there has been one thing that's changed on the Vegas landscape, and that is that the uh, athletics, the Oakland Athletics, are going to move to Vegas. It looks like there may be a possibility. Um, of them getting out of the deal they're in in Cashman if there is an opportunity um, wherever Oakland, the athletics are going to play. But it, I don't know. Um, yeah, you never know. You never know. You can't move them out of Vegas, though. You can't go, no. ah, we're going to move this team after one year and put them over in San Diego. Uh, the USFL, and I know yeah. we don't talk about that much, the USFL has done that. And it may, to me, as a fan, completely divorced from the XFL and the rivalry, which doesn't exist, um, to me, it looks funky that you had a Tampa Bay Bandits team last year, and poof, they're gone, and now you have the Memphis Showboats this year. That that leads me, as a fan, to believe that you're in, unstable. Mm-hmm. And as a fan, I want stability. Um, and and Mo said it just a second ago, stability, awareness, build a fan base. Yeah, yes, that needs to be 100. what they're after. That needs to be what they're after right there. So uh, we got the championship coming up two weeks. Um, I know both of you are planning on being there. Uh, yeah, I'm still sorry, working got my on. I'm still working on how it's going to work. But so we're we're DC all the way. You guys don't want to uh, hold tight with Texas brothers and with South Division brothers in Arlington and. And Luis Perez that you've always loved, Leo, and you don't want to you don't want to hold fast with all of that. You're gonna just jettison all of that and go. No, I like DC better. I'm gonna be a, a, a bandwagoner and jump on the team that's that's probably gonna win. I'm not supporting my friends in the Southern Division and here in Texas and and my good friend Luis Perez. You're not doing that. Why you gotta do that? Silent. To me? 
Oh, I'm just bitter, okay? I'm bitter because I feel it should have been us and not them. That's the only reason. You're not but, wrong. You know, if, like you're not if, right. Arling, if Arlington wins, you know, over DC, it's not like I'm going to be upset about it. Um, and you're right, Luis Perez deserves he he deserves something. I think he obviously does. He's 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 been a guy that's been around, you know, these mm-hmm. leagues and you know, he's had his moments and then he had his not so great moments and it would be kind of a, a, a sweet thing for him to get a championship and, and be recognized for that because, you know, he's he's had a lot of ups. He's also had a lot of downs. And for a guy to kind of come from where he did and uh, and and be in the situation that he's in, it's hard not to root for that. I get that. But there's guys on D.C. that you go back and look at their story. I'm sure there's guys over there. Uh, you know that that you want to root for them mm-hmm. too. So, I, I I we'll just see who wins. I I, I think those, it's going to be DC because they're the better team. But you never know. For those of you watching and listening and like, man, just like Leo, man, why you got to do that to me? Uh, now you've now you've given me this doubt in my mind about <laughs> am I doing the wrong thing? Not supporting a Texas team, not supporting Luis Perez, not supporting our Southern Division rivals. Let me tell you something. Let me give you an out. If Arlington wins the championship. Bob Stoops wins the championship. And if Bob Stoops, the Oklahoma Sooner, wins the championship, that is bad for Texas. That's just bad Mm -hmm. for Texas because he's Oklahoma, man. I don't care where he's from. I don't care who he is. That guy's Oklahoma. And, And so if Arlington wins, then Bob Stoops wins. And if Bob Stoops wins, Oklahoma wins. And none of us want Oklahoma winning anything ever. So there's your out. I've given you your out. Okay. Well, I will say this. So if there are still um, some commander players that are on the Renegades, I think it's uh, Nick Temple, um, Kenneth Spiral, Demonte Bowsley, and Brian Folkers. So plus we know Luis, right? So I'm going to go for... Nice. I, some people may not like what I say, and this, this is not the first or last time that people are not going to agree with me. But I'm going to go with my, uh, 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 I guess, my love for the commanders and all those memories. I'm going for them. I reached out to Brian, and I was like, hey, is your family tailgating? Let's see if we can get something together. And I also put a shout out to all those fans in D.C., and if they needed questions or concerns about tailgating, they can contact me. They can contact um, the uh, podcast. So I am going to go with the old commanders. I feel very much like with, with Bob Stoops, I feel very much like I felt with Walter White. He can't keep getting away with it. He mm. can't. He can't keep getting away with it. Breaking Bad here. A little Breaking Bad reference yeah. for you. And Bob Stoops can't keep getting away with it. So I have come around in this in this moment. I have come around <laughs> and decided. Uh, it does. It has to be DC. I uh, wish you tried because... to talk me into it, telling me what a bad Texas fan I am. <laughs> and in the process, you've talked Flip-flop. yourself Flip-flop. out of it. Oh. Yeah. Anybody want to make a bet? Anybody want to make a bet? No, I'm not making them. No, money. I'm not betting any money on this thing. It doesn't have to be a money. <laughs> Robert Rankin. Like 
Robert Rankin is my people. What time is it? 7.41 and OU still sucks. I'm not even <laughs> as big a... I'm not even as big a UT fan as I used to be. I was a t-shirt UT fan for years and years. I'm still, I, I'm not that as much anymore. I would like them to be successful. I think college football is better when UT is better. Um, but man, I, even if I don't like UT as much as I once did, I will always hate OU. Uh, that will always be there. Uh, so it is what it is. Uh, it's, it's Oklahoma. Um, and when you grow up right across the river from Oklahoma in Dallas, Oklahoma really sucks. Um, you know why Texas doesn't slide off into the Gulf? Because Oklahoma sucks. That's why. Um, holds us <laughs> okay. right there. Holds us Holding on. Us in there. So, yeah, Mo Ferrante's got it right right here. Go runners. That's that's where I'm at now. Like I love my road runners. Uh, yeah, I am excited about. I'm excited about a pipeline getting built between the Roadrunners and the mm-hmm. Brahmas. I want to oh, see those players nice. that that uh, end up from the Roadrunners just not quite making the grade in the NFL draft to wind up with the Brahmas. Um, one of those guys, by the way, I don't know if you caught this. I don't know if you've been paying attention on Twitter. You know the name Zachary Franklin, right, Leo? Yep. UTSA receiver? Mm-hmm. He is not a UTSA receiver anymore. He is entering the transfer portal. He is going to really? move on to another. Oh. And and look, Zakari is an incredible receiver, but he can go somewhere for this with this final year of his availability, uh, of his eligibility. He can go somewhere and show off what an incredible player he is, and jump two rounds in the draft. And so That's I don't blame him. That's yeah. true. I mean, he, I mean, he can go to OU or to Texas or to, uh, you know, some some SEC school and be the guy we all know he is. And and uh, and he will improve his draft stock considerably. So I don't blame Z for no, uh, heading off. And and, you know, he's he's a runner. He's a road runner and always will be. Um but I understand the decision for him to enter the draft portal. Uh, Joe Ochoa says, where's he going? Where to? Don't know yet. Um, but he's entered the portal. So he will mm. not be a roadrunner next season. We know that much. Interesting. And we wish but you're tons right. Of tons of love. But I would love to see some of these guys that play for the roadrunners in the Alamo Dome play for the Brahmas of the Alamo Dome. Like, I have this dream. I have this, this thing I'd love to see. Sub-Zero, Frank Harris. Um, I, oh. If he makes it in the NFL, I'd love to see that happen. But right. if he doesn't, I would love to see Frank Harris uh, wind up, uh, you know, playing for the, the Brahmas. That'd be incredible. I would speaking, love it. Speaking of Brahmas quarterbacks, all of you people that dogged on number 16, <laughs> Jack Cohen, for an entire wait, season. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, him an apology going? now. What's this you Not people apology. stuff? <laughs> all of you people. You people. <laughs> you owe him an apology. The very first, I don't know if he's the first one, but I know he's the first one I saw on social media that got an invite to camp uh, with Seattle, Jack Cohen. So for all of us that said, and yes, I was in that, you know, I said he regressed in the middle of the season and he did. 
Yeah. Um, it's just, it's the facts. It was a roller coaster ride. Yep. I don't know how much of that was his fault. The offensive line was terrible. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, I, you know, whatever. But they kept going back to Jack Cohen. Our coaching staff did. Seattle has invited him to their uh, rookie mini camp for a mm-hmm. reason. People who know football see something in Jack Cohen that they want to keep, that, that they want to closer look at. And well, so if had... you're one of those folks that say he sucks, he's terrible. Apparently people that know football do not agree with you. They, there is something they want a closer look at. He, he had one of his, you know, he had a couple of his best games towards, towards the end of the season there. Um, when he had a little bit more time, right. uh, you know, For back sure. there and he had somewhat of a pocket at times and other times he didn't, but he was able to, you know, he was taking more risks down the field for sure. He was. Because he um, had time for that to develop down the field. Yes. So um, there was something there for people to look at, and obviously he got someone's attention. I will say, going over Seattle, um, you know, they have an offensive line there that he'll get a chance to, and and it, you know, I don't know how much time he'll get to spend with the starters – uh, to, to right. work out with them, but you know, they've, they've got a strong young offensive line there where he can, he can show off his skill set, and, you know, maybe, maybe make a practice squad. I don't, I don't know that he, he, uh, knocks off, uh, um, uh, Drew, Drew Locke, Drew Locke as, as the number two guy, you know, Who's Gino is a pro bowler. Yeah. It, yeah. Gino's I mean, the guy there right now. Yeah. You're yeah, not sure. wrong about Drew Locke being, you know, right now, as far as NFL terms, he's he's not very relevant, but he's but, got talent. You know. So, but you know, uh, good for him. We wish him the yep, best. It'll him get him yeah. looked at, uh, and you know, you never know what what could happen. So that's what all when this is just for is to get these guys to look up there. Yep, that's right. When offense was better, he was better. I'll just say that. Yeah, when the offensive line was better, man, you ain't kidding. He he looked a lot better when he had time. Surprise. Yes, sure Surprise. When you give a quarterback time, they 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 can do their job better. Um, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so uh what else Brahma's wise or XFL wise is out there right now? Championship game coming up. Did you see the trophy I will... today? I did. I did. I have a whole thing about the trophy. If probably way too much information, but I have some information if if anyone wants to hear it, I don't know. What do you got? Yeah. Okay. All right. So the XFL championship, a trophy featured a football above a gold uh, X that symbolizes the XFL's foundation. It's the interaction or uh, of dreams and opportunities. Gold is a traditional signifier of greatness and champions. The panels of the football are left open, representing the aperture of what football and the XFL can make possible for the players, coaches, fans, and cities. The trophy is a masterpiece of stainless steel and aluminum that stands 24 inches tall and weighs 27 pounds. Now, the key thing that I liked about it is the person who designed it is a female. Her name is Stephanie Hoffman, and she's a trailblazing welder, artist, and owner of the nationally renowned Underground Metalworks. So to me, that's a big deal. And there it is. Yeah, I like the, it. I like the way it looks. I think it's cool. I um okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I no, guess. No, sorry to please. <laughs> I guess. 
I'm not. I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, eh. But then when I kind of looked at the meaning behind it, it's a little bit better. Of course, I like it because it's a female welder who designed it. It's not every day that she that comes across. Um, but if you didn't know all of the things, the symbolism behind it, I would say it's a little plain. That's just me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I that, think it's cool. You don't you don't want to go with the typical, you know, cup look that that, you know, you see in other leagues. And, and mm-hmm. it's just, it's something different, um, but still attractive and, and it's representative. So I, I, I got no problems with it. I, I like it. Um, yeah. I mean, OK. Okay. That, it's not it's not terrible. It's not like I'm going, ah, it's awful. I can't believe like the original XFL trophy was awful. Um, it, go back and look at it. The million dollar game trophy. It's this big blocky XFL logo, uh, for the million dollar game back in 2001. Did not like that at all. Did not think it was a good looking trophy. This one is, eh, eh, I mean, yeah. it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um, it could be worse, right? Well, sure. I mean, yeah. anything could be worse. <laughs> Robert love- Reagan. Yes. Robert Rankin says, dumb trophy. I didn't want to win it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and and exactly. then he gets in there still bitter at the end. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly. a stupid trophy. I'm glad uh, we didn't make the playoffs. I don't want that stupid looking <laughs> ugly trophy. <laughs> I wouldn't display that in my house. If they gave me a chance, I wouldn't put it anyway. Do you want to see the one I was talking about? Here's the one yeah, I was talking sure. about. Uh, the original XFL trophy. You got to admit they did better here. Uh, or they did better than this. This is the original XFL trophy. Yikes. Yeah, that's um, terrible. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, we did better. Awful. We did better. That, that that looks like a beer sign in a stand in, 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 in a window. In a window, yeah. That does not look like a championship trophy that you you know bled and sweat over 10 games for. Uh yeah, no. Pass on that one. Hard pass. Well, thank you, for Stephanie Hoffman, for making sure. a better trophy. Absolutely. Much better. Uh, yeah, we didn't want to win it anyway. Next year, yeah. when they get the trophy thing figured out, then we want it. Um, we're yeah. going to do all the – we're going to let them get all the kinks out, <laughs> and then we'll win the trophy. This was right. all – Heinz Ward meant this from the beginning. Uh, well, we're going to – we're not going to say goodbye to the Brahmas ever. No. Like the Brahmas are something we're going to talk about, but but this is really kind of the point. Like here in a couple of weeks, we will talk XFL championship game, um, but we have to transition now because Brahma season is over. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hold on, hold real, on. Real Wait, quick. You, asked a, you asked a question a little while ago, and yeah, but and I'm I, not going to let you answer it. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> you you said was there anything left to to, to say or any 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 uh, uh, last impressions? before we finalize our, our session here on the Brahma season. And I, I will share uh, a little bit of, of what I got from coach Ward while okay. we were there at the, at the parade. Cause like I said, we were with him for several hours. He's very gracious. Talk to us. Um, you know, let us know his thoughts, what, what, what he's looking forward to, you know, gave us a, his impressions over the season, apologized again, you know, for how it ended up promised sure. that he was going to turn around and, and, and do things better. Um, he said some things that, that, that I won't share um, because I don't think he was saying them with the intention of us uh, passing that along. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, he did say 
uh, some Spill things that I, I think I Leo can share. Yeah. Okay, okay, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> he has promised next season he is going to be a lot more involved in certain decisions, particularly um, uh, player selection, the draft. He said that it was a learning process for him. We all know his first year as a head coach. And I right. think that we have seen his progression as a coach, yeah. which that's also something that this – league is about and we have seen his progression as a coach from the beginning of the season as it's gone along we've seen him make better decisions at the end as far as i mean we talked about it in previous shows learning when to uh not throw the flag for uh you know to challenge uh, a plays uh clock management you know he learned a hard lesson that first game about the difference in the rules when we dropped that heartbreaker uh to the battle hawks you know, we have seen a progression in Coach Ward throughout all of this. And on top of that, we've seen what a great guy he is and how much mm-hmm. he is invested in San Antonio. I mean, just showing up for this parade. He didn't have to be there, right? right. Him and right. His, his wife, they didn't have to be on that float. They didn't have to interact with all those people and graciously shake hands and, and talk to people and, and share stories and 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 just with the the enthusiasm that he had, and like I said, late at night, we're talking into one you know one o'clock in the morning, and he's out there, you know, dancing on the float and dancing music and waving at people, shaking hands, taking uh, selfies, uh, signing autographs. I mean, he went way way above and beyond. Sure. I could tell you from personal experience, just seeing him and the way he interacts with people and the way he talks about the city of San Antonio and this organization, he is 100% invested in this. He doesn't want to be anywhere else. He did say that, and I will share that. He said, I don't want to be anybody anywhere else but here in the XFL coaching this team for San Antonio. I want to build something special here in this city for the people of San Antonio. And I believe him. I 100% believe that. And he has promised to turn things around next year. He's going to be a lot more involved in decisions that he kind of took a step back from because he had guys on his staff with maybe a little bit more experience that he had trust in. And he said, you know, he let them make certain decisions and then ran with that. And he said, next year, I want to be front and center and involved in a lot more of this as I learned the process. So uh, he has made a promise that, Things are going to get, he's going to, I'm going to get this turned around. I'm going to make this a team that everyone in San Antonio can really be proud of. He said he really appreciated the fans support and how much we showed up and showed out despite all the setbacks, despite the things he wished the ball could have bounced a little bit different. Uh, You know, he mentioned the kick and he said, you know, I I throw Romo out there 99 times out of a hundred. I don't question that decision at all. He goes, but that's how close we were. That's how close we were to making something happen and turning things around. He goes, and we're not done. We're not done yet. It's a work in progress. And he's promised to really approach this, uh, taking what he's learned from season one and making season two that much better for, for the fans, the football fans in the city of San Antonio. And I'm 100% behind him. Shame on those people who are calling for his head and fire coach ward. And in the middle of the season, I'd rather have him than any other guy in San Antonio as the head coach right now. No, 100%. I don't think uh, from the time we started the season, I don't think anybody ever heard me say he needed to be fired. I did at one point question, isn't this what you get when you, when you put brand new coaches 
who have never had head coaching experience mm-hmm. in charge of something this big. They're going to have a learning curve. And so we should have expected some of this, but I never said we needed to fire Heinz Ward. I like Heinz Ward very much. I like him the best of um, maybe the best of the coaches that didn't make it, which by the way, were all the coaches that were brand new in, in coaching the first head coaching jobs. Um, So all of that bears out. Uh, Elizabeth Clayton asks, when does the draft happen? My guess would be the draft will happen right around the same time that it happened this year, uh, which was remind me, Leo, and it, what did November, November, November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was November, right around November. Uh, we do have some preliminary data that tells us that teams will have the option to keep or release players. On a player-by-player basis, they do not have any restrictions on how many they have to keep or how many they, uh, you know, you can only keep so many. So they can keep the ones they like. They can put the ones that uh, struggled with them out there to work with another team next year. And then they have to fill those holes. Um, So I would expect it to be around November. Okay. Good question. Uh, And then RC? Yes. uh, Let's talk about your medals because you you were able to you're you're making a donation win tomorrow, yes. right? Tomorrow, yes. I want to thank everyone who purchased um, a medal for the Brahma Mamas. We were able we were selling them for ten dollars, and our goal was to raise five hundred dollars to donate to the children's shelter, and we did it. And so Excellent. we're meeting them tomorrow at ten thirty in the morning. Um, we're presenting them with a check for five hundred dollars. So nice. I'm so Incredible. excited. So excited. The Brahma Mamas, they've come through. And even for the championship game, I know it's the day before Mother's Day, we will be providing 75 yellow carnations to the mom's tailgate. Sweet. Very cool. Very, very cool. Well, there you go. There's our Brahmas uh, and XFL talk. Um, we'll continue to keep on it. Uh, we'll continue to update things as they happen in the XFL. Uh, we're going to still work on trying to get some guests as far as oh, yeah. Brahma's players and maybe some Brahma's front office folks. Jose uh, might end up joining us at some point. Heck, if we can get a hold of Heinz Ward, we might try to get him on here near let the end call, of the let season. Let me call him up right now. Hello? Yeah, Hello? just give him a call and see yeah. if he's ready. Well, he can't be a guest on this show because we're done with that. And I got a, yeah. I got another guest lined up uh, already in the chamber, <laughs> uh, so to speak. As we transition to the NAL and the Gunslingers, uh, Gunslingers didn't play this week. They had a bye no, week. Bye week. Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, which is nice. What's even nicer is all the teams that they need to be uh, cognizant of. Um, I, I think they they gained a game on a lot of teams. They gained a game on Jacksonville. Sorry, Jim. We're about to be Jim on, and I know that's a sore spot. Um, they gained a game on Albany. Uh, Fayetteville is right there. We play Fayetteville next week, and Fayetteville is looking very good. But yeah. Raheem Cato is that whole team right now. Um, so, with all that being said, as we transition to NAL talk, there's so much going around, on around the NAL. Not just on the field, which we want to talk about for a few minutes, but off the field, that I reached out to uh, Jim, who's supposed to be recording his own podcast tonight, and he said, you know what? My own podcast is not as important as the Smoking Guns podcast. So I'm going to come on and join you guys. I'm going to put my podcast and the rebound for Inside the Walls on hold 
so that I can come talk to you guys because that's way more important. Than <laughs> I'm my sure that's show. exactly what Jim said, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jim Murday, Inside the Walls podcast. He and Zach Kalman do an incredible job of keeping you yes. up to date on everything going on inside the 50 yard fight. Uh, Jim, welcome to the Smoking Guns podcast. This is not the first time you've joined us, right? You've been uh, here before. Oh, I've been on the chat, but not on the non live stream, no. Oh, but we, well, welcome. Show, We're right? glad you're here. Yeah. So, uh, you're not, you're not wearing your Boston Bruins uh sweatshirt? Nah, bro. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> nah don't. Uh, <laughs> Don't want to talk about it. In, in, that's it. Don't. Want <laughs> Jim. Jim had a rough like four hours last night as yeah. uh, his sharks took on the predators in a game that like how can you lose to the predators? They did, and then Boston, who has had the most incredible season in the NHL, uh, loses in overtime in Game Seven and uh, goes home in the first round to the Florida Panthers. It's been a rough 24 hours or so for Jim. We're sorry to hear that, buddy. Like, I was actually kind of rooting for Boston uh, because of you. Because of you and Steve Cantu, uh, one of our fans, uh, I was kind of hoping Boston could pull it out. Sorry about that. It's a, it's the sport. We expect um, the curse of the President's Cup still continues. But, yeah. For sure. That's 13 sure. years now, I think, is in a row. President's Cup winner is lost. Uh and not win the cup, but yeah, it, it it it's nice to have the label as the greatest chokers in sport. Uh, that's going to be nice. Uh, I know the New York Yankees have that for baseball, and now the Bruins have that for hockey. So, and I think the Atlanta Falcons have it for football, um, for the greatest chokers in sports. So, so it's a, it's, it's an interesting. But the good thing is about sports is that no matter how much it breaks your heart, no matter how much it you you get torn of your favorite team. You, you'll throw everything away, say you give up, I'm done with the team. Then 24 hours later, you're like, you know what? There's some bright right. spots. For sure. Hey, let me uh, put you on pause there for a second. I know we would said we weren't going to talk anymore XFL. Mm -hmm. But breaking news that will be important to Brahma's fans and is very important yes. to Leo Yamas. He's what? about to explode in excitement here. Leo, tell me, tell them what you just told me on the private chat here. Officially announced, it was just shared with me and was uh, just became official a few minutes ago. Jacquez Patrick, friend of the show, friend, friend of, the, of show the show, and running back beast uh, for for the uh, the Brahmas has yes. been invited to the camp of the Denver Broncos. Woo yeah, baby. Leo's yeah. happy because it's the Broncos. That's why. <laughs> uh, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't bust this bubble now. Please. Come man. on, man. Let me so, be happy. Jack, like, I, I, I went to Florida State University. That's my alma mater. I watched him at Florida State go up and see him play for Tampa Bay last year, I think, or the XFL Tampa Bay from last couple years ago. And now with the Brahmas, uh, I'm 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 glad for the dude. He, he deserves a shot to uh, mm -hmm. play in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and we're gonna keep an eye on these guys that are going from the Brahmas into the NFL, no matter where they go. Uh, when Parker Romo signs with the Cowboys, we're gonna watch that. Um, oh, when, okay. when, yeah. Uh, so Jim, anything going on in the NAL today? <laughs> no. Hmm. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> Well, let's start with the game. So you you uh, you were at the Jacksonville game, but you have uh, watched all or part of all three games this weekend. 
What did you, just a general um, feeling on the week as, as it stands right now? Uh, as it stands right now, uh, Fayetteville's legit. Yep. Uh, when Cato is healthy, they're one of the le- most lethal teams in the league. Yeah, uh, they're off, they're off, their offense scored on every possession last, uh, last home game, mm-hmm. our last game against West Texas. And uh, Jacksonville uh, just had their quarterback go out with a major injury, and now they're looking for a quarterback. A uh, good thing for Jacksonville, they have two weeks to prepare for a guy to come in to take over the realm. Um, I don't know who they're going to go after. Uh, Bell did step in and did pretty well uh, being rushed in. Um, but, of course, the extra points came back and bit Jacksonville. And, of course, Joseph Hess for the Orlando Predators played his, his butt off uh, and beat the, the Jacksonville Sharks. And also the uh, the interesting game up in uh, Carolina. Of um, course, Carolina won that game. But that game has just now been completely uh, put this put to the side due to all the news and uh, drama that's coming out of Albany. But overall, the week in the sport, all three games were pretty good. They're all competitive besides one of them uh, out in West Texas. Um, but, yeah, there, there's some situations like the questions I get, like my DMs get blown up. So why did Gibson go for two? I don't know because the last home game he lost by one because he trusted kicker. Now he doesn't put the kicker in and he loses again. So right. it's the best of two evils. Um, uh, but overall, it's yeah. pretty good. For, but for San Antonio, you saying that you gained the game. Technically, you guys didn't because Fateville – one, so they basically gained a game on you or half a game on you, so they're only game back from you behind you guys. So right, this but we gained a game on uh, Jacksonville, Fayetteville. gained a game on Jacksonville, gained a game on Albany. Um, let's talk for a minute about West Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. West Texas scores eighteen points in sixty minutes of indoor of arena football. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. Is and that does that? Does that tell us more about Fayetteville or more about West Texas? Mixture of both, honestly. Uh, Fayetteville, how if you watch that game over again, West Texas could not contain Cato. Cato was doing anything he wanted on that field, um, especially with guys at like Layer Beavers, Trey Long, and uh, Kendrick Ings eating up that secondary in the whole entire game. It, mm-hmm. it was West Texas had no chance of the slowing down. Fayetteville. Fayetteville is just on fire. Um, now, for West Texas' point of view, they have very a very inconsistent offense. They'll go one or two possessions where they look like, oh, okay, they finally figured it out. They're going to move the football down the field and they're going to score points. Um, no, they'll do that for a possession. Then they'll go a quarter and a half to two quarters as a no-show. And it doesn't really help when your quarterback is uh, back is always facing the line scrimmage. That usually doesn't help when your quarterback is yeah. facing the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, they turned over the ball six times. You're not going to win any football game turning over the ball yeah. six times. Yeah. You're just tough. not going to do it. Um, let's talk about uh, this Albany and Carolina game. And let's stay on the field for a second. But there mm-hmm. is a ton going around on around Albany today specifically, which is why we originally uh, wanted to have you on because we want to try to make sense of it. And you know, you're the guy that knows everything about this league. So you're going to answer all of my questions and we're going to feel good about things after we talk to Jim Murnay. Um, I play the fifth. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about this Albany Carolina game. Mm -hmm. 
just on the field. Um, is Carolina good or not? I can't tell. I they're can't. still there. That's still a question mark, honestly, for me. Um, Malik Henry's improved from last year. He's not making boneheaded mistakes like he did in last year. Uh, there's still quality players on Carolina's team with Adam Smith, with James, um, not James Summers, with Lance Evans. Um, they made some, and Zach Brown, the fullback slash linebacker. They yes. made some key plays, but last this past game against Albany, the one thing that noticed that stood out for me is that TC Stevens is finally hitting deuces again, and Albany yes. came mm. and get a came to get the ball to the net. Um, but and of course, you look at the score; those deuces were the the eventual difference of the game. They were the difference but, of the game. Um, sure. And usually, when TC Stevens is hitting the mark. And those game in that game, like he, he is, we've seen him doing multiple games. He's one of the lethal kickers in the league. Um, overall, it felt like Carolina controlled the momentum of the game. Carolina acted like they wanted to be there, and Malik Henry did not put the didn't, Malik Henry did not put Carolina behind the eight ball. Usually, Malik Henry does that, not this game. Um, are, is Carolina good? It's basically saying, honestly, is the AFC South worth a dang in the NFL last year? Someone had <laughs> to win the division, right. honestly. And I'm a fan of one of those teams. So um, that's basically when you look at Carolina right now. They're, someone is, they're good. They're going to beat the teams that are lower level. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're going they, like they, they shouldn't have blown out West Texas struggled a little bit because West Texas actually decided to play a right. game. And from what I'm starting to see and what the, a lot of the motion is from people just on the field perspective, seems like Albany's taking the path downward. We thought they're, mm-hmm. they're a top four team right now, how they're playing the last couple of games. Um, they may not even be a top four team. Orlando or uh, Fayetteville may have snuck into that four and three spot um, but, or four spot. Uh, it, it's just a lot of uh, – Interesting uh, things coming out of Carolina um, for 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 not just playing wise, but actually the organization itself. They had the biggest attending crowd they've had there in over four years. Uh, over three uh, K were in the building, uh, from what I've heard, uh, which is good. Um, but overall, they're they're a scrappy team. And one thing about Carolina, one thing about Coach Fuller is that you're going to get a scrappy team. Uh, they they won't get they won't be blown out and they won't blow people out and just occasional close game wins so far which has been the narrative of Carolina. Carolina scored one less touchdown than Albany, mm-hmm. but won the game by seven points because of special teams. Correct. Uh, deuces and uh, and other sundry points off of special teams made the difference. Uh, extra points. Yeah. Albany the won the. Albany won the first championship. They scored. They Columbus had more touchdowns than Albany, and Albany won the championship and almost in a runner way. Because of Predators, that. Predators, Sharks in uh, the Shark Tank yesterday. You were there for that game, or most of that game. Uh, what is it really? Just as simple as as a quarterback getting injured, and and that kind of made all the difference in the game. It's a it's a symbolism of it's a rivalry, and you never take rivals for granted. Um, sure. Orlando was snippy; they were feisty. They were getting those little cheap shots we like to call for rival games. They get that the extra bump 
It's like you guys in Houston and Arlington with the Brahmas. I guarantee there was some little chipper, chipperness after each play. Sure. You get, you yeah. got that. But when Connor Blunt went down, the offense completely changed for Jacksonville. Uh, yeah. But again, uh, Stinson Shoshak had a, a terrific game. He had over five catches, even with Bell as quarterback. Uh, Solomon kind of recovered. And Jacksonville made key stops at the end of the game to get back into the game. So Orlando didn't really close the game out. They basically survived the game because Jacksonville right. was down by, I think, 16 points at one point and came back to get a two-point conversion away to win the game. Uh, that just tells the grit that Jacksonville has. But you got to tip your hat off to uh, Jacksonville, uh, Orlando. They came into a Shark Tank that had 6,486 fans and still – um, you know, silence the crowd. They kept they kept the Shark Tank out out of the uh, out of the game, and that's what you do when you play at Jackson. San Antonio did that a couple of weeks ago. They got that that stadium out of the game early. Jackson came back, took the lead, and Arvell did this thing again. But Arvell's played mm-hmm. in that building, so he knows how to win in that building. Um, so yeah, it's just a interesting, um, interesting game. But for Orlando, I'm I'm proud for Orlando. That's a, a fan base that needed a win like that. Mm-hmm. And I hopefully that continues on to a um, a, a packed crowd down in Orlando in their next home game because that or, that fan base was desperate for a win, um, and it's a good fan base down in Orlando. They 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 needed it the most. Yeah, hey, Brahma Jim, Babe. Check, oh, go ahead. Brahma Babe checking in on Facebook and asks, "Is that a? I'm going to say this right? Duval? Duval? Yes, Duval. <laughs> Sweatshirt Jim has on. Yes, it is. He is in the Jacksonville area, proudly so." What do you got, Leo? I was gonna, I was gonna uh, ask Jim because a moment ago when you were talking about you know possible teams in the rise that could be, jump into the top four, I wasn't surprised at all to hear you say you know Fayetteville, uh, but I was a bit surprised to hear you include Orlando. Um, they seem to have really struggled up to this point. Uh, obviously, getting the win that was a big win for them this week. But uh, do you think they're kind of turning a corner here? or? I think because what the team I saw, I saw a new quarterback in Joseph S. understand the offense more. When he was entered in the lineup in Albany, he was shell shocked. He had no idea what was going on. Um, mm-hmm. Now he had a week and week and a half off, got prep and played the game. I see they have lethal weapons in, in Orlando. They have uh, Christian Nola. Uh, when Lonnie Outlaw is healthy, he's a weapon. Walls is a weapon. They have a secondary that's pretty underrated with uh, Rob Jones and Josh Jenkins. Uh, they have a good squad. And the reason why I say that I, I feel like they can push for that four seed is like they benefit from what San Antonio has, 12 games. They 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 can, you know, win an extra game, and because of their numbers of games they played, their winning percentage could be better than a team that's played 14 games. So that can benefit them. And plus, like San Antonio, Orlando is back heavy on home games. Um, so that will benefit them too. Uh, mm-hmm. And right now, if like if you told me who's my top four teams in the playoffs, uh, I'll go San Antonio's one, two. I'll still say Jacksonville at this point, uh, three Fayetteville and four um, Orlando, because uh, of what's happening up north. I really can't say that they are a top four team up north right now. Stephen Canto checking in on Facebook says, "What is going on in Albany? Antonio Brown causing drama again." And that's really the ultimately the reason that we invited you on, uh, because in the last 24 hours or so, um, a lot has happened in Albany since they lost that game in Carolina. Mm-hmm. And we just have to figure out 
some sort of idea of what's going on and you are a lot more in the know and connected than I am. So quickly, like what has happened in Albany? From the people I've talked to and from uh, new sources up in Albany, um, the stories that I've been hearing, it's basically you can find it on the major websites up north in Albany. Um, there was a, uh, a, how can I say this? A Players were released. Uh, a coach, uh, 12 uh, players was released. And these are not ordinary players that were released. These are big time players that play in the game, in the game, which will find landing spots in the NAL somewhere. Darius uh, Prince, Sam Castronova, mm-hmm. uh, Haig. Uh, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're following big guys, on, big names, if mm-hmm. you're following on social media, you know who all these guys are. What the issue is for me is um, how quick it happened. And for me trying to like find all the evidence, cause I can't go on social media and say, Oh, this happened and report it. I got, you know, right. get all my connections. And from what I have heard and what I've you know seen on reports, um, it happened right after the game this past uh, against Carolina. Um, players were released. Damian Ware is no longer the coach and the owner Antonio Browns is saying they're going to have tryouts which I don't know if that's going to happen this week or not. Uh, but there's a lot of controversy. And, and people ask me, it's like, who's the coach of Albany? There's no coach in Albany. Uh, uh, who's going? Who's the quarterback in Albany? There's no quarterback in Albany. Hmm. Um, that's why when I, with the fiasco that's been going on, it's so hard to give the people the answers because I don't know 100% sure what's mm-hmm. going on. I just know for certain that – the Albany way has been destroyed in two months. Oh uh, that God. organization was built to win a three-peat or a four-peat. They had a roster to do that. And within two to three weeks, they have become uh, an Albany team that's unrecognizable in the National Arena League. Yeah. And I have good friends. I have good associates with the Albany Empire. I have connections with Albany. And we're talking all, all on the side and going, we, I, they can't believe what's going on. Phil is in our Discord page. He knows some of these guys. Um, the The atmosphere in, in, in Albany right now is they're shell-shocked. They have no idea what's going on. And if, uh, if football field-wise, if whoever's on the schedule for Albany next, I think it's West Texas. West, West Texas, Texas travels there this Saturday. Um, this is your chance to get them now. Get them when they're down. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine. He said this is a time for other NAL teams to – Get Albany, get them while I was down, and put them out of their misery. Um, I know that's that's sad to say that, but that's what they say on you know football players like get them when they're down and then put them out. Like let the game be over. Like let's you know wind the clock down, take the knee, and get the game over with. Um, I feel bad for the current players on the roster right now. For sure, um, sure. There, there's yeah. multiple rumors I'm hearing that's about financial issues i can't confirm or deny that so i can't bring that up to you guys right um it it, it's so it's so hectic that for me i feel bad for the fans uh of albany the people who are diehards people i associate with with people you associate with um phil and also it it basically gave me deja vu from last year what happened in san antonio but i'm glad that san antonio got the john wayne group came in Mm -hmm. 
and ride the ship. You guys are a complete 180 from last year. You're one of the founding, you're a strong uh, organization, and I'm happy for the fans. For me, I feel bad for the fans who are invested in this league, who are invested in this sport, then get completely jabbed. The Albany Empire are the third iteration of arena football in the city of Albany. They had the Albany Firebirds, the Albany Conquest, and now the Empire. If they fail, arena football will never be back in that city, mm. in my opinion. But let me ask you just a real practical question, Jim. Mm. If you've let, if all of this stands the way that it was reported today, Correct. if you've let 12 players go and you have no head coach, Correct. you can't have a game in five yeah. days. How do you, you how can't do you play a football team? game? Yeah. How do you come back from that? That honestly, for real, this is just real talk. I played football. I guarantee you, you two may have played. I don't know. I think I, if RC played football, hey, congratulations, she did. <laughs> no, uh, I did not. <laughs> uh, but you played a sport. I guarantee it. And yeah. it's very it, it coaching a sport is not like oh I can just you know take start on Wednesday and we can play on right. Friday. No, no, it's mm-hmm. it, it's. There is no one in this industry, no matter if it's indoor, outdoor, European, Canadian, that can jump in on a Wednesday and get a team ready on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Now, will, now, can it happen? It could. Will it look good? No. 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 <laughs> there Not there well. are some people out on social media, and social media is what it is. But there are folks out there on social media that are throwing out this conspiracy theory of, Oh, Antonio Brown knows exactly what he's doing. He's getting rid of these guys, and he's going to go grab some NFL players, and he's going to field the team out of NFL players. You can't do that in five days, people. Not in five days. So, so you're telling me, Antonio? You're telling me that we're going to have Joey Porter come back, Eddie George come back, Michael Vick come back, like who? Even even if it's not Not names that you've heard of. These NFL or XFL or USFL guys that Antonio Brown's going to entice to Albany, even if that happens, you can't, you can't, you can't put eleven yard, eleven man football guys in the arena and in five days understand the nuance of the game. It is a different game. Yep. Yep. I guarantee you, you, that's not uh, that's not happening. Jim, I think you're muted. I think Jim unplugged myself. I unplugged myself. (laughs) Um, No, Leo's right. Um, One of the things about football, it's like I talk about, we talk with Mason, we've talked to many players on our show. The outdoor game is a different beast. Mm -hmm. In the arena of football, it takes one second, two seconds to make a read. In the outdoor game, it's between three to five seconds. You'll see a great example. Look at Sam Castronova. Three years ago with the Carolina Cobras was not who he is now. Look at uh, Rakeem Cato last year with the Albany uh, with the Orlando um, Orlando um, Predators. Almost said the Guardians, my wrong team. Wrongly. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, and honestly, I think that eight. I think the Predators can beat the Guardians with only the eight guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Terrell Buckley's going to come after you. He's going to find your address there in Jacksonville. He's probably, come after and you, you know what? I'm, and probably he may get a phone call from up north. I don't know. If that's <laughs> the, the, the rumor. Um, <laughs> Tim Tebow will get that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, uh, that won't happen. Uh, uh, he's a Jacksonville boy, but anyways. Um, it Like, we talked to Mason. We talked to these players. And and we talked to Connor, uh, Connor uh, Blount. 
He goes, it took him almost a game and a half before the game clicked. Like, right. oh, I understand this. Quarterbacks are different. You can't just throw a, a, a vet from an NFL, Canadian, XFL, USFL, and the NAL and think they're going to get the game within a second. Mm-hmm. Impossible. Unless his name is Aaron Garcia or Tommy Grady, who you can get off the, off the streets to go out there. But I don't think Aaron Garcia can come back. I think he's like 54 years old. That would be pretty old for a quarterback. Um, but – it's I mean, Tom fun. Brady's still playing at 54. That's or whatever true. He is, so. Well, he's the GOAT. That's different, though. <laughs> um, but, no, I think he's enjoying his uh, retirement. If you've seen photos of him lately, he is a not in football shape anymore. So uh, that just tells you where, where Brady is. But the fiasco that is – what which is, which is very funny. Uh, I got a text from a buddy of mine today. He goes, what's, bigger, what's a bigger drama story right now? Um, in the NAL, is it Albany's drama story or is it uh, Antonio Brown's drama story? And I'm like, mm. I'm like, well, that Good is point. two. That is two different entities. Just one is owning one organization. And I look at perspectives. It's like I know that organization of Albany through the thick and thin before the transition, the ownership. I we've talked to a lot of the players on that team. I can tell you right now that the players on that team are stunned, they're shocked, and they can't believe what's happened, and they're angry, and they are individuals who want to either, A, complete their craft. Uh, I'm quoting uh, Jeff Levesque, who started his radio show today. Uh, Brandon Cisse came back because he said he won five rings. He has three, five fingers. He has three rings. He needs two more. Nick Hag is about to start a rebuild. Uh, for athletes to get better, stronger, and healthier after an injury. He wanted to go for another championship. Castronova came back to win a championship for Albany. And it, I just find it odd. This is just not per, as an insider. This is just as a fan. Name me another organization out there, no matter what sport, that's won back-to-back-to-back or back-to-back championships and decide to blow it up after the second game. Name me a sport. Name that just team. doesn't happen. Doesn't in no sport. The closest you can get to that is Jerry Jones firing Jimmy Johnson after two back-to-back Super Bowls. But even then, he didn't get rid of players. He just called in Barry Switzer and gave him Jimmy Johnson's team and said, "Go win a Super Bowl." And you know, uh, Barry Switzer booted it one year and then went and did it the second year. As that's the closest. As a person who's covered this league from like religiously for the last four years. I, I've made some enemies. I've made some friends uh, in this industry. I just, for me, as a person, like you guys do with your show, this is a podcast for the fans, by right. the fans. Right. And that's mm-hmm. my mentality. It's like, I do this because there's a lot of people out there who don't know the arena game, and I want to give them the best information about what games or, or what, who are the star players in our league, like you guys do with the XFL, and what Zach does with USFL, and bring it people to the game itself right i just don't like i've seen this before when people talk about albany i go go watch the afl 1.0 what was their downfall john elway bon jovi bon jovi um kiss a monte crew right the list goes on big time superstar millionaires who just get these teams and don't run it like a business they run it like a toy like it's their little toy and you can't run sports organizations. I don't care if it's the NFL. I don't care if it's single-A hockey. You can't run them like a toy because there are people on these teams 
that this is their livelihood. Their goal is to get to the three-letter league. Their goal right. is to play in the NBA or the X or the NFL or the NHL. They don't want to stay in single A. They don't want to stay in the SPHL. They don't want to stay in the NL. They want to play in the major leagues. And these owners, every single one of them that's had history with the AFL, destroyed the league because of their egos. I've seen it before. And when people go, what's the opinion about Albany? I go, look at AFL 1.0, the later years, and look at every, all this, and that's why I see. Can it be fixed? Yes. How, how, how fast can it be fixed? I don't know. It, I think you made a comment. I think someone else made a comment on one of the pages. Is this the end of the Albany Empire? No, it's not the end, but it's one hell of a rough patch right now. And the road gets darker the more you look further down it. So let's talk about that for a second, because you say, no, this isn't the end of the Albany Empire. Mm -hmm. Your first blush right now is to say the Empire will still field teams for this season. They will still be a franchise in the NAL. Right now, from the people I've talked to, yes. And the other question, and we even had somebody very early in the show, so he may not be watching anymore, but Joe Ochoa, checked in right as we started, and he said, I just hopped on. Is the NAL as a whole in trouble based on what we're hearing out of Albany right now? No. Uh, the, the reason why I say this is because there, I know I'm not going to flex. Um, there's an organization in the NAL that founded the NAL. The NAL is run through this city, and this organization has forked over to build many a times in the NAL, and that's the Jacksonville Sharks. As long as the Jacksonville Sharks are associated with the NAL, the NAL will still be existing. Okay. Um, now, there are th things beyond our control that if something happens, even that statement I just made can change. Sure. It's to think about – we've seen it in the – like I don't want to bash the commanders, by the way, in the AAF. They, yeah. had, a good, they had a good model. It was successful. And what happened? Look at their history and look what started it all. Big time owner collapsed. Right. I don't want to see out. that. I don't want to see that in the NAL, but in this level of football, we see it for a lot of teams, even in Texas. You had the Almero Vipers, you had the Valor of San Antonio Valor back in a couple of years ago. You get the wrong people involved. That never even got off the ground. No, exactly. nope. we were we were tra we were tracking that. They never played a single game. Well, you want to know some insights for that? You know the reason why? The NAL owned the rights to the Valor name. Ah. So they couldn't get it off the ground. Gotcha. But that's – that's you have organizations, owners that own these teams to be a toy and not as a professional organization. Now, they have their mind may be in the right place, but they're operating it in a way that doesn't suit the way that it should be run in that level. You can't have an NFL mindset and run an a, a lower a or single A or lower level league because NFL is a billion dollar corporation, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. So the NFL is not. <laughs> Just go say this. <laughs> so with these guys that got released today, if that all stands, and by the way, uh, it's important that we note that the league has made no statement one way or the other. About any of this right now, all of this is pretty confirmed. Like Jim and I have done our homework. This has happened, but we don't know if it sticks. Is that fair to say, Jim? Yeah, because 
it's always a flu- like the great term of any p- person that's in sports. It's fluid. The situation's fluid. Right. It, basically, for me, it's like okay, there is evidence, but the evidence is not concrete, or the or the concrete's not dried up yet. Like you, it, there's still situations that can, you know, happen this the change the the outcome. But what we do know is that Damian Ware is gone, and uh, Abby from I think the Albany Times Union, I think yes. that's the newspaper, broke that these players are uh, been released, and she is well connected with the Albany organization. I'm well connected with the Albany organization, and I can confirm her reports um, to it. And what's what's what is very stress funny is that. I wake up this morning, get my cup of coffee, about to head to work. I look at my phone. I have 27 missed notifications. Right. I go, okay, what happened? And I'm looking. <laughs> I see players texting me. I see former coaches texting me. I see emails from organizations. I'm like, what What happened? What's going on? I thought, A, I thought a team folded. Like, holy crap, what's going on? What what and the first instance for me was West Texas. So what's going on? Down read into it. Right. Like, it's not West Texas. Okay. Orlando? Not Orlando. I know it's not Jacksonville. Because I would have got my phone blown up from that for anyways. And I look up and go, Albany? No, no way. And I start reading the text messages. I'm like, what the heck is going on up there? And I had to wait a couple hours to the sunrise until you know people started waking up, and that's when Abby broke the news on the newspaper up there um, mm-hmm. about Damian Ware, about everything up there. Um, CBS 6 up there in Albany also doing yeah. some good work. Um, and honestly, as an organization, the for I do know this personally, the NAL is going to do everything possible to keep, any, uh, keep Albany going. Um, that's why I'm confident that they will have a team play, game play this weekend. Um, so yeah, it, it's a fluid situation. Um, a lot of drama, a lot of drama. That's very, in my opinion, is very nonsense that shouldn't be out. Unnecessary. Yeah. Unnecessary. And it, it, it's very fluid again. Um, but as for me, I just feel bad for the fans, honestly. So let me propose something to you, Jim, if all this sticks and all these players are now looking for a place to play. Mm-hmm. Um, mask. If all these guys are out there, do you see you you know these players and and league better than almost anybody you and Zach do? Do you see a situation where San Antonio would pick up any of these guys? We're a Gunslingers podcast, and I look at the names and the numbers and the money that would be involved in bringing these guys in, and go, "There's really no work here for San Antonio to do." Like, does Darius Prince is Darius Prince better than uh, Kali Rashad? I don't know. They're 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 both game changers, and Kali Rashad is cheaper. Uh, and, and you look across the board: uh, Sam Castronova, Hague, all of these guys that are out there that would have would hit the market. Um, a, my first question is: Is there a waiver wire? Do we have to get in a waiver line to pick them up, or how does that work in the NAL? First come first serve, basically. Okay, the NL. Um, that's what I figured. Uh, okay. if, you, if you have if you have a phone number of a player and you get to the player first, um, that's how it is. Um, wow, that so is. Are, are there guys on this list that you think San Antonio would benefit? Well, here, 
Because whoever you bring in, you've got to lose somebody. So hey, you bring hey, in Haig, you've got to lose Cody Brooks. Or Turner. Or but, Turner. Um, let's just say that San, the benefit San Antonio is that you have a former coach on San Antonio staff that coached up in Albany, and he has good connections with That's players. True. True. Um, That's true. That true. That could sway a player or two to go to um, San Antonio. Uh of course, you look around the league. Darius Prince, I don't know this, but knowing Darius Prince, he has good relationships with a lot of players down in Orlando, especially a lot of those receivers down there in DBs. Um, Castro Nova, um, he's talented. He will not be a free agent for long. Either it's in the yeah. NAL or is it with another league. Um, and, of course, Brandon Cisse is a beast down the middle. If you need a big boy in the middle, that's a guy you get. Um, but – for me, I'm very confident if the situation in Albany doesn't correct itself and everything, like say in 24 hours, everyone's kumbaya and, you know, right. the piece has been coming back together and they stay. Um, I'm very confident that um, one of these teams uh, will get a couple, uh, one of these teams will get additions. For me, I would love to see Sam Castronova in Jacksonville. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure you would. Well, you need a quarterback me. right now. <laughs> well, I need a court. Yeah, I need a quarterback. But Connor uh, Blunt broke his arm. It yeah. is the well. You go ahead and tell it. It's your news, not my news. You're the one well, that broke it, not me. Well, he posted it on posted on uh, his Instagram, which is obvious. Right. And from way he way it looked like it, if it's very similar to the uh, Brock Purdy injury. Yeah. Mm. Um, basically, Brock Purdy played the NFC Championship game with a broken arm. Did not know that. Mm. Right. Um, so that's, I feel bad for San Francisco 49ers fans. Um, have a quarterback out there that, you know, had a, I'll never feel bad for San Francisco 49ers (laughs) fans, but anyway, yeah, you're, yeah, cowboy. Um, Um, am I the only NFL team that's happy that I at least won one playoff game this year? It's all about all of the playoff games. You've got to win them all. It's a small yes. thing to Jacksonville. So we're just happy we made the playoffs last year. <laughs> um, but am I? Will I be surprised if someone ends up in San Antonio? No, I don't. I, Travis Shaw has a reputation in the uh, in the NAL to get players. I think I think he can uh, get somebody now. Nick Hag probably probably not um, because you guys have Pierre Turner. Yeah, just, and you have Cody yeah. Brooks. Um, Cody Nick Hague would be great, but I look at it and I go, I don't want to lose Pierre or Cody, so mm-hmm. I'll pass. I'd rather have Pierre and Cody than I would yeah. Nick Hague. As good as he is, I feel like those two guys are are good too, and I don't want to lose either of them. Well, I mean, these are original gunslingers, guys. Yeah, so they're, they're part right. of it is just you know, they're they're the heartbeat. They're they're from what the what was the. You make fun. Uh, what's it called? The barn. The barn. The, the barn. barn. Mm-hmm. The barn. Yeah. Yeah. The um, San Antonio how, Rose Palace. How you, how you guys Palace. have involved from that just tells you how you know much respect to have for the for the San Antonio organization. From that to where you at for you guys right now, it's a complete jump. That's Huge I'm proud. Of, I'm, yeah. I'm 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 proud of what you guys have done down there. Um. Yeah, but I, I think you'll see somebody if. If transactions happen, I won't. I'll be. I won't be shocked if someone ends up down of uh, San Antonio because of the connections that San Antonio already has with past Albany's uh, connections with the assistant coach. All right. So speaking of the gunslingers, I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit. 
All right. There's been a lot of talk in the social media areas, and we all know how how wonderful social media is, and how everybody on social media is right all the time. No, not there's really. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of talk <laughs> in the NAL social medias that, and I even heard this on a couple of the broadcasts of the game this weekend. Yes, San Antonio's three and zero, but they only have a four point win differential. In those three games, they won two games by one point and one game by two points. So it's not really as impressive as you think it is. Um, uh, as, as the great owner of the Oakland Raiders once stated, just great. win, baby. Just win, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, do, you need to win, do you need to win a team by 500 points to win a championship? No, no you need no. to win by one. A win right. is a win. Huh. Jacksonville's oh. two plays away of being 4-0. The, the, does that does that mean anything? No, they're two and two because they lost two games by one right. point. Um, it's it's funny how you, in every sport it's oh plus four. I don't care if you're plus four. Look at the hockey last night. Plus fifty three goal differential between Boston and Florida. Who won the series? Right. Florida. Like it doesn't care. It's like like my high school coach said in, in, when I was playing football, it's not what you do in a season. It's how you get – it's what you do once you get into the tournament. Like we knew we were going to make the playoffs when he made the speech. That year we did. He kept doing saying that, and we missed two more times my junior and my senior year. Um, but still, it's not how you get in. It's what you do once you get in. Get yeah. the wins now. If it's one point, good. It's two points, good. It's 30 points, that's nice. That's nice you won by 30. But you rather have a stress-free win than our, you know, heart-pounding, oh, my God, what's going to happen type of win. Um, but overall, yeah, yeah. what's he oh, – that hurt for me. The Boston. He's a he's big a Boston big, fan. Big uh, Boston uh, Bruins fan. He commiserates yeah. with you. Um, hello, darkness, my old friend. Um, yes, yeah. that was last <laughs> night. Um, but for, for San Antonio's sake, it's like one thing I have respect for is Coach Shaw. Uh, we put, we did power rankings earlier for position battles. Me, Mason, and yes. uh, Zach. We know. And we did all the point point system. Um, trust me, in mine, I have San Antonio high in a lot of those rankings. And remember, we did this before Nelson. It was more, it was Bane as there. And I'm a big fan of uh, oh, John right. Bane. Uh, he's, he's a cool dude. Um, and I, he, I, I, I watched his game last week with Iowa. Uh, a little shaky, but I don't like that yeah, style Hurdy of game. Did not play well. No, he didn't. Uh, I don't like that style of game up there in the IFL. Right. Um, but I, I like there's teams out there that'll claim that they're the best. Oh, we're going to go 15 and 0, 16 and 0 in the season. Well, hopefully you do, and you better live up to that and win when you get into the tournament. And those teams that usually can think they can do that are the ones that get knocked out. Um, yeah, San Antonio won three games. They're three and zero. They're on top of the mountain. What's the benefit of starting three and zero? People have to catch up to you. Means right. so you can have a bad week here and there, but if you stay consistent, basically I'm going to say this: you guys play 500 ball for the rest of the year, you're in the playoffs, probably the one or two seed, because you already started three and zero. Now, we saw Carolina do this last year. Carolina started four and zero. They're the hottest team in the league, and what happens? They, that, they rested on their morals. The pack caught up to them, and then they lost the game that mattered the most. In the championship game, and because Albany benefited because they played two less games to Carolina last year. That's why I say Orlando and San Antonio are going to benefit uh, this year. And San Antonio has a great chance. You guys get in the playoffs, you got to buy a week before the postseason. 
Let's be treat treat right. that like the number one seed in the yep. NFL. You got that bye week. Right. Yep. Get healthy and get everything ready. Um, but the people who are usually the ones that are bickering about the um the point differentials, point, point wins, that that group of people are now bickering about something else. Um right. and it's you know, it's sad to see the reason for that. But a win's a win. And but for San Antonio fans, um, don't look over that team you're playing this weekend. They have a squad no. that if you don't play your A game, they can run you out the building. They're that good. They're all right where good. I was going next was this week's game. Uh, I know it's your game of the week. It may be mm-hmm. the only game in the NAL, depending on how some things break um, this weekend. So it may be by default your game of the week. Oh, um, it is our game of the week. We've already made that announcement. Zach sent me a text like, this is our game of the week, no matter what. I'm like, okay. Because it's 2-1 and one versus 3-0. Cato versus Ar- Arvell Nelson, Kendrick Dings versus uh, Kyler Rashad. It's it's a marquee matchup in Arena Ball. Uh, we're we we're not doing it like this is breaking news for you guys. Uh, we're not doing a show tonight due to scheduling conflicts, so we decided to do a live show on Wednesday night. Um, cool. We're going to try to get Cato uh, uh, on the show because usually when we do games cool. and weeks, we you have the the team that host have a player come on and join the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to break down and talk to him because we had Kendrick Gings on and he's a cool dude. He, he, he wants us to have a live show during one of his practices. That's how he is. He's a great guy. That's one thing I love about this league. Every player we've talked to from every single team, uh, come back to us and say, we love what you guys are doing. Uh, we want to give you more extra access like you guys, you guys should be getting extra access too. Cause what you guys do, we um, do the gunslingers take great care of us. No, they're great. Um, yeah. Great care of us. And and I listened to your guys' show last week with Chaw, and when you had Patrick on, you guys do a good job, and that's one thing I love about what we do. Um, but going back to the game uh, this weekend, I think it's going to be a marquee game. I just think I just look at this; it has to be match possession by possession. San Antonio. The good thing about San Antonio, you guys have a kicker that can actually make extra mm-hmm. points. Yep. And Fayetteville has a kicker that doesn't miss extra points. So it's going to come down to who can kick deuces okay. and, and the Crown Coliseum in Fayetteville. Uh, there's no scoreboards to watch for. Uh, so you right. can kick deuces in that arena. It's going to be a high explosive game. Uh, the key players I want you know, San Antonio fans to watch for uh, Kendrick Ings, uh, Trey Long are two guys that are going to be all over that field, especially Kendrick Ings. One, if you're not watching him, he's in the end zone dancing, just like Kylie Rashad. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you're going to have the quarterback uh, battle too between Cato and Nelson. It's a marquee matchup, and it's a it's a game that for San Antonio fans don't overlook uh, because at the end of the day, you can look at a scoreboard and you go, "Oh, uh, well, we don't have to worry about being plus four anymore. We're we're, we're minus nine because Fayetteville has a team where um, they can score points and they can score points in a hurry, and it's because of the re- rejuvenated career of uh, Rakeem Cato from." His Orlando days to so now to uh, San, uh to Fayetteville. So one, I'll say I'm not too concerned about looking past Fayetteville mm-hmm. or looking. You talking earlier about you know uh, speculation on records or anything. It really seems, and we've mentioned this before on the show, so I, I know you've heard it, but it really seems like Coach Shaw and and all of the gunslingers have this mentality of one game at a time. They're one and zero every single week. And they don't care about anything beyond that. So as far as looking past them, I'm confident that that's not going to happen. I do think it's going to be a great matchup. Would you say the defense 
th- this game's going to come down to which defense has has a better game. It comes down to the here, here's what I'm going to say: whoever makes the first defensive stop wins the game, because that's what type of game yeah. this can be. Whoever makes the first defensive stop is going to win the game because they'll get the extra possession. Um, but there there are some things that happen, and uh, I kind of bash Arvell when we we had him on the interview off air. I was like, hey, bro, it's like you're guaranteed to throw one pick every game. He goes, can you stop that? He goes, <laughs> he goes, I'll try to, man. I was like, um, but. The thing is, is that uh, he threw an interception early in the Santa, uh, the Albany game that didn't, didn't that didn't cost you guys anything, and he did um, throw one. He threw a couple against Jacksonville, but Jacksonville was, you know, we're we're doing the same thing. It's like, hey, you want an interception? Oh, you gave us one. No, here's here's one there. Um, it was back and forth between us. Um, this game, it's you for Travis Shaw. The one thing I have massive respect for this man for is that. Uh, there, there's a hashtag, uh, team line, unfinished business. I see all the players, you know, hashtagging on their other posts. Um, and that could be uh, getting energized by how we, you know, present San Antonio this year. Um, but right now, this may take off everyone else in the league. San Antonio is the team to beat in this league. Yeah. And they have a chance to make pull more separation. Because um, right now, there's a lot of uh, turmoil in the league. Teams are trying to find themselves. Um, but right now, if I'm San Antonio, get the wins now. Let people chase you. You'd rather be the person that's being chased than the one that's trying to be trying to chase somebody. So, yeah. Right. Um, and, but it's going to be a good game. And I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to this game against Fayetteville. And in a way, I kind of feel like San Antonio is playing with house money with this game because you're 3-0. and mm-hmm. And if you end up dropping this game, you're 3-1. and That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad to be 3-1, like but re- you're you also lose a tiebreaker to Fayetteville, and they'll be the number one team in the, in the NL. Yeah, my only concern are all the, all the away games. But the good mm-hmm. thing is that when we come back at the end of the season, they're going to be at home. Yep. So it's a give and take. Yeah. Like like I said about Orlando earlier, you want to feast uh, – win half, win half your road games and feast at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you do yep. that, you're, you're a 10-win team minimum. And Jim, confirm this for us. I know we're. I know I'm right when I say this. San Antonio has the most exciting player in the entire NAL with Kali Rashad, right? God, why are you gonna put me on the spot? <laughs> Kali Rashad is a. It's he is a trip. He. Uh, I love the games. Um, the guy's game. I uh, found out when we interviewed him last year that he did a lot of martial arts training to keep his mm-hmm. balance. Um, uh, me and him both share the fam- same fandom of football teams in college, so we both we're both Knowles. Um, so uh, Calvin Rashad is one of the most explosive players in this league. Um, there are a couple other guys in this league that can go toe to toe with him. Um, but yes, um, Calvin Rashad is one of them. But you, you're not getting, you're not showing any love to um, Philip Barnett. That boy's been balling all year. He, he his, has. His, his you're right. Like he mossed uh, uh, Mar- uh, Marvin Ross and Jackson. I'm like, that you don't see very often. And um, they, but you got to admit, ja- um, San Antonio squad uh, with Alexander returning um, from mm-hmm. the XFL, he has really uh, solidified that the center um, position is. I don't think it, is Angus back yet. Uh, is he going to be back? Because I know he's dealing with an ankle, I think. Yeah, he was on he the was... injury list last week. I don't know right. that we've got an update for this okay. coming weekend yet. No. Um, and right. one, one thing I like about San Antonio uh, from this time compared to last team, it took San Antonio about six to seven weeks last year to figure it out. 
Yep. Um, they didn't have to do that this year. They clearly went out on the gate this year and started, uh, in the words of my former head coach, uh, beating butts, but other language, beating butts and taking names later. Like you go yep. kick their butt, then take their name later, go, okay, hi, my name is this. Um, that's one thing I like about San Antonio this year, their attitude. Cody Brooks was talking about when we had him, Kyler Rashad, Arvell Nelson, we've had on the show. The attitude in San Antonio is complete 180 from last or from the uh, last year's team. Um, they're uh, kicking butt and taking names later. They don't care. There's one and no mentality. And honestly, if you're a football player and you don't have that one and no mentality each and every week, why do you play this game? Um, yeah. Because the guy on the other side doesn't care about your feelings. He cares about you know, um, making a living and making you, you know, be a part of his highlight reel. Um, one thing that I listened to one of the practice, watched one of the practices here in Jacksonville, uh, NFL, not the Sharks. Um, one, I forgot it was the D line coach uh, for the Sharks. Go, do you uh, for the uh, Jaguars? Do you want to be on your highlight film or do you want to be on someone else's highlight film? And he goes, if you're on someone else's highlight film, that means you're not good enough to play here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, right. man, that's that. that that resonated to me. I'm like, that's a good line. Um, so yes, I think San Antonio is that team now that it's people are going to have them on their highlight reels, right? Not the other way around. San Antonio has that narrative this year. Jim, tell people where they can find you and Zach in the show. Uh, give them all of the details so that they can uh, find you guys and be a part of what you do with inside the walls and, uh, Zach does the USFL show too. So uh, you can find me and Zach at Inwalls Pod. Everything social, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I think we have a TikTok, but we never use it. You don't want to see a big <laughs> man like myself dance. Uh, it's going to be kind of sad. Um, you also can oh, reach us on. on email at Inwalls uh, Pod at yahoo.com to get direct to us. Um, and also you can follow me on social at j 94 and at Zach Kyleman. Uh, we have shows Tuesdays at 10 a.m., not this week. Uh, we're going to do one big uh, live stream Wednesday at 8 o'clock Eastern time uh, via our rebound and preview because we'll preview in two games and recap in three games. Um, big week, but, yes, uh, it's going to be an entertaining week. And one thing about the National Arena League, ladies and gentlemen, um, is that we're full of drama and excitement, and you don't know what's happening. Until the next and day. off the field. And, 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 <laughs> And then when the next day happens, you still don't know what's happening. So it's like, yeah, oh, okay. Um, it's like going to watch your favorite TV series multiple, multiple times and still have no idea what's going on. That's the league that we that I love and I'm addicted to because it's a gift that keeps on giving that doesn't never answer the questions I asked three days ago. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. I need to know this answer. Well, we don't know. We did. But, um, <laughs> that's three days ago. I'm like, well, well just stuff. But yeah, in Walsh Pod. Wednesday, 8 o'clock live stream. Uh, you're more happy to join. Uh, a lot of talk. Hopefully by then we know a lot more information is going on. Um, we're going to try yeah. to video on pro- probably Abby from the, the Albany Times to join us too as well. And a couple other p- individuals. We're going to try to you know make this a, an actual entertaining live stream. I uh, talk about everything. Uh, it's a chaotic week. But again, um, it's this week, the NAL, with, with no, the league can't exist without drama. Especially the NFL, that that league up the big league, name me a week there's no drama in the NFL. That's what makes right. sports so addictive. Yep. You gotta have yep. drama. That's why right. TNT needs a sponsor. Both our leagues, TNT. We know drama. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I am not being hyperbolic when I say there is nobody uh, that is more plugged in 
that can get you information. Like there are people in the ownership meetings in the executive council at the NAL that know more than Jim does, but they won't tell you anything. Believe me, I know, I've asked. Um, Jim will at least try to get information out to people. If you're looking for information on the NAL, you can't go much further uh, than the Inside the Walls podcast and Jim and Zach. They're the ones that are going to take care of you. Jim, I appreciate you spending some time with us talking about the NAL and making sure we all understand that, yes, it's really weird right now, but it's probably going to settle back down. This is not the end of the league. This is probably not even the end of the empire. Uh, Really? Do I need to throw a flag? Like, Jack out of the box? Oh, I can't. Oh, I can say that. Oh, here we go. The Albany people are very upset about this Jack out of the box thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there has to be a review first. Right. Yes. Yeah. Which is clearly stated in the rule book that it can be done. Yeah, it is. His name is Jim Mermay. He's part of the Inside the Walls podcast. Go check them out. Thanks so much for joining us, Jim. We appreciate you. Well, there it is. Uh, wow. We've talked about the Brahmas and the XFL championship. You've heard all of the news that we have on the NAL right from Jim Murnay. Thank you so much, Jim, for coming on and spending some time Thank with you. us. Um, really appreciate him. He is a guy uh, that just kind of lives and breathes the NAL. And so when I need, when I have a question, he's the one I reach out to and say, hey, uh, what's going on here? And so we've been talking a lot today as this Albany story is broke. Um, Go check them out on Inside the Walls. You can also link up if you're very interested in the National Arena League. There is a Discord channel that they run, uh, and they would love to have any NAL fans be a part of that. Some areas of it are open to all fans. Some of it are kind of locked down for for special people. I bet there's even rooms I don't know anything about uh, on the Discord. But you can be a part of that and keep on uh keep up with all the news you're not going to see a lot of this stuff you know on your news in your newspaper or on your facebook feed you'll see it on your twitter if you follow the right people but discord is a great way for you to keep track of the nal go check that out um inside the walls podcast runs that and and you can find directions to get there to that discord channel what else do we have to cover guys not much. I, I can't wait for that that game, uh, Fayetteville, uh, San Antonio. It's gonna be big game. It's gonna big be game. Uh, it's gonna be an exciting game. So be sure you catch that. Whether you're gonna watch it on YouTube or at the watch party, I don't think they've broke any news yet as far as location on the watch party. I haven't seen anything yet. Um, but I, I'm almost certain it's gonna be back at Alamo Beer, but I don't I have say. confirmation on that. I don't either. But. I could almost almost ninety percent because I know some of the conversations I've had with uh, other connected people. I think it's going to be back at Alamo Beer, um, cool. but look for that on social media. Be a part of that. Um, guns up! They are currently they're the best team in the National Arena League. Uh, they got to yeah. play Fayetteville. I expect it to be a close game, but I think we have. Look, they've got Kendrick Kings. They've got uh, Long. They've got Rakeem Cato. That's three really good players. To me, the Gunslingers have more than three. Um, Yes. And so if you have to make, if you make your pick just based on that, I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a good game. I think San Antonio will win another close game. And they'll be 4-0, but they'll only be 4-0 by seven points or whatever. And people will go, yeah, but it's not really 4-0. All you need is one. All you need is one. So... 
when it comes to football, professional football, San Antonio has got it all locked down, whether it's on the 100-yard field or in the 50-yard fight, whether it's in Carolina or Albany or Seattle or D.C. or Arlington. They may be trying to claim a championship, but we know who the real football city is um, because they're having the championship here. They didn't say, well, we'll have the championship in D.C., or Arlington. No, no. They said, we know where pro football championships belong. It's right there in San Antonio. This is the first one we're hosting. We're going to host another pro football championship in in July, in August uh, for the NAL. How about we do that and bring that championship here to San yep. Antonio? When it comes to football, the 210 has got something to say. Bang, bang.